I'm Sarah Bailey, Director at Graham Consulting. Thanks for tuning into my podcast. I typically talk to business leaders, lots of accountants, about topics within the workplace. I hope you enjoy. Andrew's been the CEO of Auckland Blue since 2019 and spent a large portion of his working career in sport. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. Great to be here. Thanks, Sarah. Jolly good. Well, we had it have had a bit of a chat over 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 time, and then we thought we'd do a podcast and pick up on a few different things, mainly that you can take from sport over to the to the business world. So I've got a few key things that we thought we'd um, we'd cover off today. Um, one being mental health, being mental health awareness week. Um, we thought we'd talk a bit about grit. The term used a lot today in the business world, and a skill or skills that you can take from sport across to the business world. And then I thought Andrew's probably got a couple of quick tips about transitioning to from the from um, from sport across to business, or, or vice versa. Mm. Yeah. So so perhaps Andrew will start with with mental health, I guess, um, mm. in the in the Blues environment. You, it's probably something that you you guys do talk talk about perhaps a little bit more nowadays than they, they might have several years ago. Yeah. What do what do you guys do to look after yourselves, but also look after each other's mental health? Is there anything sort of in, in particular? I know it's quite quite broad and it is quite a general yeah. general conversation. Uh, Oh, you're right, Sarah, in the fact that it actually has changed a heck of a lot. Like uh, when I started um, sort of in professional rugby in 97, um, it was still had a very much that amateur ethos club rooms type feel about it. Whereas now I think there's a, a far more of a recognition, A, that our staff for a significant part of the year work very unnormal, sort of normal, what is normal nowadays, but mm. very antisocial hours. And yeah. really long, um, whether it be crowd numbers or whether it be the scoreboard, every week there is a spotlight on them and around that the way that they deliver and um, fixtures and the competition as a whole. So I think recognising that was the first um, piece that's happened in the sport. And I think that through since that time, there's been a lot of evolution. And then, then there's the, the players management versus non-players mm -hmm. and I think the other the key aspect to this is the evolution of social media um, you know there's a couple of our players that it's just relentless that mm -hmm. we've got to a point where um, there is nothing wrong with somebody commenting on uh, an aspect of play or someone's performance but when it actually crosses that line which we're starting to see more and more we're starting to wonder now whether we actually you have to log in so we know who's on our social channels because it's just too easy to to particularly with one or two become a hobby horse to the public right um you know and and even um i know of coaches uh, administrators where their kids have been bullied at school because obviously dad's in the paper dad's at mm -hmm. home commenting on their dad um and that can you know uh, flow over to the and, and so those kind of issues, people go, well, they get paid good money, they can put up with that. But there's a point where you can't put up with that. You know, it's not mm -hmm. acceptable. Um, and, and it's working through where that, 
boundary for your organization is. And we are working through that um, to get a better indication. But in the meantime, um, around our players is a mental skills person. Um, there's a player development manager and a leadership manager. And so often um, we are, but where we've got to improve is probably getting those skills to younger players earlier. So mm -hmm. when they come through, it's not so confrontational and, and in their face. Right. So that's been really interesting, along with our staff um, accepting that because of those unsociable hours, we've been on a four-day working week for a month. Um, right. And also, yeah, and flexible working um, one day a week. Just to give for some people, I don't particularly like working from home, but for some, actually the productivity, we have seen an increase with mm -hmm. those people that actually do enjoy it because they're cool. out of that office environment. So right. we're, you know, um, nurturing and developing people is a, one of our four pillars in our, yeah. in our purpose and vision. And so we, I wouldn't say we're there yet, but we're definitely allowing people to express their vulnerabilities in the first instance, and then trying to create an environment where we can support them. We had a bit of a tragic episode a few years ago that um, in, didn't end up too pleasant with regard to from a mental health perspective um, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's actually really poignant to the blues um, and something we're very conscious of. Yeah definitely and like you said it's a it's a movement it's an ongoing thing and I think it's something that just has to keep being added added to because otherwise yeah so then those younger players especially too they can see that it's still a moving point too it's not something that they just have to slot into if they're not ready for it because and especially in a blokey environment being being mm. being vulnerable and just actually talking yeah and you've got to create that environment and you've got to actually say that you're going to create that environment one of the key things i learned with the staff point was um they're really worried about the perception of the four-day week right we almost had to give them license that this is okay and we will mm. take the rap for that because we want to lead the community we don't want to be following um and same with the players you've got to give them license that and when they do come to somebody that their confidentiality is respected and that they feel that they're going to be taken seriously because for some um and for the old, older hacks that have been around a while um the level with which someone will open up around how they're struggling, you sort of think, well, actually, you should be able to handle that. But in reality, that's their reality. They, they, they can't handle that. So how do we teach them those skills? Mm. Um, and now we've got a lot of players too that have never even had a job outside of rugby. So there's this difference. But also respecting that some of the pressures that these people go through being so public is not uh, definitely not normal, uh, nor yeah. expectations at a young age. I mean, Rico Ioani is just turning 24. Right. Yes. We have this perception that he's been around for a long time, don't we? Yeah, um, yeah. And what were we doing at 24? And what were we doing, more importantly, at 19, we weren't signing a contract, playing for the All Blacks, all this kind of stuff. So there's, it's a really, uh, you this behavior that you can accept and this behavior you can't mm. <laughs> but there's support you've got to realize that you're dealing with really young people mm. yes and yeah young minds that are still experiencing and, and developing um, that's right mm. yeah. so i guess that sort of takes us across 
too, the, the transitioning from that um, sport into, into other things, whether it's the business world or, or becoming your guys, becoming parents and those sorts of things, but making that transition, whether it's either alongside their, their rugby careers or not, it could be their first role outside of rugby. What do you find works or what's a good tip for the, for people that are experiencing similar? And this doesn't mean just someone going from, you know, sport to business or vice versa. It's anyone going from it through a transition period. Because I always believe you can, there's so many likenesses with sport and business that you can translate to other parts of parts of life. Yeah, no, look, I... It's it's a tough one, right? But and 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 we have obviously um, our PDM that often helps with that transition. Yeah, these guys um, often the most successful ones are actually the ones that are really curious about things and have tried things while they're in the career. And I'd almost say to people, um, go and give some things a go and experience other things, or do that course that you've sort of been putting off. Because the more you actually explore those things, that actually you're, you're building a skill set for when that time comes, mm. but you're also experiencing it, seeing that actually what I'm ending now isn't the end. It's actually yeah. the start of something even cooler and, and better. And it's really interesting seeing those players that when they come back and they haven't prepared for that moment compared to those that are ready to go. Mm-hmm. And there are players now, I think, in particular, that are getting to a stage where the ones that listen to that advice and are preparing themselves are actually leaving the game on their terms. And that's ah, so yeah. much better. And one of the advantages actually in staying in New Zealand, a couple of the older players that have stayed is you if New Zealand's your final destination point, they can get their patch sorted really early to make that jump. Um we don't, and now that's why I think some players are actually coming back and trying to finish their careers a little bit uh, for a couple, 18 months, two years in New Zealand to build mm-hmm. those connections again mm-hmm. and to go and have a go. So having a go, I think, is yeah. uh, a key, if I just um, put a layman's term to it, and um, building those connections is really, really important um, yeah. because that creates an excitement uh, as opposed to an absolute you know, as we know, it can be a gripping fear, uh, particularly if you attach your personality or who you are to your role, right? Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, often a lot of our players and, and our, even coaches and administrators, and I, you know, I look at someone like Tana and what he's doing now, um, giving something a go. It's very hard when he walks into your office um, and says, I want it potentially come back, but I've, I've got to go and give this a go because I've seen, um, you know, in the past what can happen to people with, in this industry if they lose their job. Yes. Now, from an employee's perspective, it's irresponsible of me if someone comes in there not to grant them that opportunity to go and do that because it is a very cutthroat industry um, and can be, re- you know, relentless in that respect. So, but you've got to celebrate that in a lot of ways and say, good on you. You know, yeah, good. Get out and yeah. do. And I like that. And I like what you said early on too. It's and it relates back to all of life, right? Remaining curious mm. and trying yeah. stuff. And that's like no matter what stage you are in your career, learning something about your current job or something that's outside of that. 
and then that comes into what you are doing like you were saying with your players mm. are the ones that are remaining you know interested and that's and that impacts on their game as well because they've got just got other stuff going on in the head that's you know keeping them Correct. keeping them interested keeping them yeah I like that keeping them curious keeping them curious and and the, the, it's so hard because so many we keep going back to players but mm. to apply to stuff as well it's how frustrating is it when you have a staff member where you're actually an employer that would support that and the amount of people that don't take that opportunity. Mm. And that's yeah. for a lot of our players now, um, and even some of our coaches, they've gone from a school environment where everything's process systematic, they're high performance athletes into our environment. And then you're asking them to have this, free-spirited more you know go and have a look and experience some things and actually celebrate that um it can sometimes be a little bit foreign to those people yes. to, to be there because they're so used to structure yes systems so used to process yeah and, and living in that band and, and we all know that and this is one of the things i've definitely um had to learn coming out of the high performance side to the business side is there's it's not perfect mm. whereas you're 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 sort of close to or near that and that high performance side every day mm. and then you go into the business side all of a sudden that bandwidth of imperfection broadens yes and some of our people right. really struggle with that um and that's really hard so yes yeah. because in the business world there's more factors that can come in that can just that are less yeah less of the the process. But then I guess that that takes me across to another interesting interesting topic that that correlates with both. In terms of yeah, in terms of like the the skills that you take across and then keeping it keeping it broad but keeping yourself interested. So then you're open to open to looking at new ideas, open to, to making it, I don't know yeah. what, how I'm trying to say, but open to, to keep, to keep mm. improving. And a lot of people turn there as like, oh, you just got to have grit, right? You know, and it's mm. quite a, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't tie in that work well to, to mental health because you're just supposed to just keep, you know, keep going and just apply mm. it and just go for it, keep going and going. But there's got to be a balance, right, between having remaining open to things and then having the grit remaining consistent to then reach high performance whether it's in sport or the business world it's yeah no and i'll use a, a sporting example and then i thought um i think we can then talk about a a non-sporting example about how, you know uh, from the business side i think this year in the competition we've been in was a a really it was a real blue scenario, um, and it, and it, but it was a watershed moment for us And that we'd come off last year where there was a real hype in and around the, the way the team was moving. And it was just a shame that, you know, we didn't have that Crusader fixture back at Eden Park. Um, we were really excited about that. And then we hit this season running again and things started really well. And then the wheels wobbled and yeah. we dropped two games, right? And all of a sudden... That's the difference between in those little short competitions between making a final and not. You're one, you know, the Chiefs just got that 
one point and they held on to it. Yeah. So, and that's that's high performance. But from that came probably the mentally tough competition because in the Trans-Tasman, every week you had to keep your performance really, really high because you dropped a bonus point in that competition and you were gone. And we saw that with the Crusaders that reversed in a different way. Now, generally, you'd say that when you looked at that, the Blues would physically compete and mentally wouldn't. Mm. But in this case, they mentally competed it and, and they actually, in the first round, let themselves from a, down from more of a physical perspective. Yes. So it was a really nice period of time because the way I really uh, was impressed with the way the team dealt with that was they went back to, well, what's different here? And mm. the difference was that level of accountability, which comes back to a level of trust and vulnerability to be able to yep. say, I'm struggling or have that, that conversation with the person to say, mate, when you do that, it ruins us on the field because this is the consequences. That's a really hard conversation to tell somebody that when they're giving everything they've got, that what they're doing is actually affecting the team, right? So they had to go through this whole, where were we? Where are we going? What's changed here? And that was, a, a I think, a really a great moment when um, we realized that, gee, there's actually nothing wrong with holding each other to account. It's the way we deliver that. And also we've got to show some vulnerability and trust. We're going to build it to actually be able to do that. So it's um, it's those kind of things, I think, that relate to any business. Totally. Um, well, that's fascinating. I can I can yeah. totally see that. And it's like, yeah. yeah, when you've got a team and if you've got one person, yeah, that is perhaps going out on a bit of a whim doing something that's just working perhaps for them, but just not working for the rest of the team or, or part of a project team. And it's just letting it letting it down, but they just don't they either mm. realize or they don't, but holding, yeah, holding yeah. holding yeah. each other. And, and the other th- the other point to that is sometimes what are we measuring above them? Um, so that alignment piece we found really interesting too, because if I say to the team, hey, why are our defense stats down, for example? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they start rushing towards, oh, we've got to get our defense stats right. Then that could actually take away or could affect their selection because they might have, they might want to play a game where they're ticking into the corners. Um, get really good set piece um, and just want to put the squeeze on the opposition. But if they select those players, that could have an impact on what on the ability of, to, to be able to defend because they haven't got someone that's maybe not such a good defender. So a big learning from us too in around that is we've actually getting your manager, in this case, um, to describe the outcome they want, to want, they want, what kind of personnel they're going to have, and then potentially within that, their strengths and weaknesses and understanding that we might have to take someone who's really strong in this, but really weak in this area to get that outcome. And um, that's another high performance thing that we think we've got to be the best in everything, but the All Blacks aren't the best in everything. The best in the things that they do really, really well. And then often they take, they make those so strong that it negates any weaknesses that they have. Mm, um, yeah. That's, from that perspective. yeah, that's yeah, super interesting. And that and one thing I'm really really um I don't know, a big believer in, and I do talk to my team about it, is like is um 
consistency is key. And I did read, I one of um, one of the players, one of the All Blacks, talked about how he and I'm, I'm not a rug, rugby, you know, I like watching rugby, but I don't know the terms. <laughs> so be yeah, that's all right. No, it, was worry, about, don't worry about it was all about how he was um, every time how he passed the ball. And that was one thing that he just focused on and did really, really, really well every single time. But this was like hours of practice, hours of practice on his own or with other people. That's like literally consistency. And I, I think that that's one thing that people can take anywhere. Because, I, and I said this to one of my team the other day, motivation will always go. You can't, you can't um, walk going, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be highly motivated. I'm not, or, oh, I'm not. Gosh, I can't, I can't, I can't go, concentrate today. I can't, no, it's, it's like arms in the air. I can't, can't, can't work today. Um, but consistency, what are your thoughts on that, Andrew? Consistency be, being, mm. being key? Very much so. And we have this terminology in rugby about oh, doing your work ons. But in reality, when you look at an, an Olympic athlete, there's no such thing as a work on. They are very disciplined at saying, recovery isn't a work on, it's my job. Um, staying and if I have X amount of reps and sets to do, it's my job. So as an evolution of a sport for us is just going to training, like you do when you come out of the amateur world, isn't the core of your job. And then you have these add-ons that is your job and you've got to be consistent at, in those at giving that every, um, the, the, you know, the most attention that you can give. Yeah. And then as supporters of that environment, how do we give people that chance to get away and just dump and recover? And mm -hmm. if you look at it from an employee perspective, that's what we've sort of talked about with regard to the four-day week, right? We, we go seven months where it's ridiculously long hours mm. um, in a COVID world where there's disruption, um, you know, having to leave the, getting caught in Wellington last year, having the rest of our squad in Auckland, getting them out of the city, um, relocating to a new environment, then trying to play your competition fixture on top of that. Now, everybody else is playing the competition fixture. When you've got that on top of it, the, and and you're working out right, do we um, do we involve the families in this? Right, who are those players that have got, or, or and, and administrators and staff that have got family at home within that? Who's got special needs within those family units? Um, because these guys are going to be based in Cambridge, for example, on top of a normal season. It's you know we 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 feel we felt that we've got to give some respite and we we isn't it amazing with covid you come out of you come out of covid like a lockdown you go all oh, right we're back to normal now but we don't think about that impact or how tiring it's been mm. on those people and that how that compounds so yeah um yeah it's um it's a challenge, challenge. yeah Gosh, yes, absolutely. I think that's something everyone's going to have to think about too when we do come out of this lockdown, the respite, because you can't just expect everyone to go. But yeah, and I think that happened a lot last year. I think it was, um, we, we probably could go on to another whole topic, but um, yeah, mm. it's, 
very and, much time. And, and to burn out, but we won't we won't talk about that one today. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, that's been really interesting, Andrew. I just think, um, and I've always, I mean, I enjoy sport myself, and um, I don't do anything competitive, but I've done, I've done a bit of competitive yeah, you know, sure. running and stuff in the past. Yeah. It's something that I do really enjoy, and talking about it, taking over to the business world and listen to a lot of people talk. So yeah, what you've said is is um, really interesting and definitely resonates a lot with myself and hopefully the listeners can all pick up on a, a few bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And see that it's not all playing championship manager here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not all, oh, they've got a nice life, you know, they just put Yeah, on that's music. right. Yeah. So um, there are those same things that other employers are dealing with every day. Yeah, no, totally. And you've, um, yeah, I've, through working with yourself, you certainly made me realise more of that through dealing with the, the sporting world. It's been, always been super interesting, our, our chat. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Sarah. No, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. No worries. Okay.